Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, Darren Waller, he's headed to New York to play at the Giants as the Raiders and the G-Men came up with a big trade to set the star tied end to New York. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what the Raiders got in return, plus the rest of the moves that they made on day two of the legal tampering period as the new league year does officially get underway later on this afternoon. Plus your calls and texts will close out the show. All coming up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 15th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Lockdown Raider Podcast free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. My man Ari is up on that job each and every day, making sure that we're on YouTube, looking good, sounding good. We're doing what we got to do. So many thanks to Ari. We do appreciate him. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. Matter of fact, go ahead and give him a follow, man. Again, he's doing uh, he's doing something good for his country. He's making sure we're up on YouTube every single day. We do appreciate that. And man, do we got a lot to get to on today. Day show as uh, the Raiders, as opposed to a year ago, got very busy in the legal tampering period for free agency, and especially got really busy on day two. And it's funny, uh, I actually had an opportunity to get back into the podcast studio at the Raiders Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Tuesday with JT the Brick and Lincoln Kennedy. We did the Raiders Roundtable, and that's up on YouTube right now, Raiders.com. You can check it out. And we hadn't done it since the Super Bowl. The week of the Super Bowl, we did it. And then we were always doing it throughout the course of the regular season. So uh, we had become really familiar with getting in the studio and knocking these shows out. But the one thing that had happened every single time that we did those shows some kind of news would break following the show. As soon as we got wrapped up, as soon as it went into production and the Raiders were putting it out, and they usually put it out around 1 p.m. Pacific time, all of a sudden some news would break in between the time that we wrapped to to that 1 o'clock little window. Something would happen big. Well, (laughs) on Tuesday, it was no different. This time we got into the pod studio. We're talking about the signing or the agreement with Jimmy G, what he brings to the table, talking about Jacoby Myers early on the day on Tuesday. It was reported that him and the Raiders that came to an agreement on a three-year deal, $33 million, $21 million guaranteed. Uh, It breaks down to $11 million in 2023, a $5.5 million roster bonus on the third day of the 2024 league year. That's guaranteed for skill and injury, and $5 million base salary for 2024 would convert to fully guaranteed the same day. That's Jacoby Myers. He was probably wide receiver number one that was out on the free agent market. He comes over from the New England Patriots and I thought it was a really good addition. So when I first saw that before I went to the podcast studio on Tuesday, I said, okay, that's a good number two wide receiver. He could play the slot. He could play outside. He's a good route runner. He's a guy that's going to be shorthanded. He's going to catch the ball and things will open up if he's playing across from Devontae Adams. It led to a lot of speculation that maybe Hunter Renfro would be on the trade block since he has a lot of uh, guaranteed money becoming, well, guaranteed on Friday and because Jacoby Myers plays the slot. But, you know, it, it could be something as simple as they want to add another weapon to go along with Hunter Renfro and really make the offense pretty nasty. Or maybe there is something in the works. You just don't know. And of course, we won't really know officially until Friday when that, that money becomes guaranteed on Hunter's contract. But I thought that that was going to be the big headline. Talking about Jimmy G, talking about Jacoby Myers, talking about some of the smaller signings like the Marcus Epps and, you know, guys like that. Uh, Brandon Faison returning to the team. I thought that that's what it was going to be all about. 
So we wrap up the show. Really good stuff. Uh, enjoy talking to Lincoln again. And I go back to the radio station and go into a meeting. And I leave my phone in my office because I never like to take my phone to meetings because, well, it goes off all the time. And I just feel like it's rude to be in a meeting like that. So I leave it in, in my office. I head back to the office and I see all these notifications that I miss. I see all these text messages that I miss. I see Twitter has been blowing up. And what news do I walk into? Darren Waller has a, well, he didn't agree to a trade. The Giants and the Raiders agreed to trade for Darren Waller in exchange for a third round pick. So the Raiders get a third round pick in return. That turns out to be the number 100 pick overall in the third round. That's uh, actually a compensatory pick that the Giants picked up when they traded for, or when they got, uh, uh, when they gave up uh, Tony, uh, Kadarius Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs. So Kansas City gave them that that third round pick, number 100 overall. The G-Men sent that back to the Raiders in exchange for Darren Waller. And, you know, it had been conversations going back to last season uh, during training camp when he wasn't practicing because he was injured. He wanted a new contract. That was the conversation. A lot of people were frustrated by that. Uh, But, you know, they went along. They let him heal up. They let him return to training camp. They got him a contract extension. Then he missed some more time. And, again, more rumblings, but nothing was ever confirmed that they were, you know, mad at Darren Waller or were upset or the fit wasn't there or whatever the case was. That never, ever materialized. But there were reports that came out on Tuesday following the agreement to the trade that the Raiders have been in talks for more than a year with Darren Waller, including nearly sending him to the Packers in the Devontae Adams trade. Now he hits to the Giants and is a key weapon for Daniel Jones. That's from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. So clearly where there was some smoke, there was some fire. The Raiders had been talking about moving on from Darren Waller for a while, even though they had gone ahead and gave him a contract extension. Now it just looks kind of silly. You know, they gave Carr a contract extension, move on from him. Give Darren Waller a contract extension, move on from him. Hunter Renfro, they gave a contract extension. What will happen? Well, we'll probably know something with Hunter when it comes, you know, Friday when that guaranteed money kicks in. But we do know Darren Waller's headed to the Big Apple, and then the Raiders get a third-round pick in return. Look, I love Darren Waller on and off the field. I think he's a hell of an athlete, hell of a player, good dude. His story's even better. Right. I mean, everything that Darren Waller's been through in his in his career, you know, I, I realize when, you know, people say things are bigger than football. And look, I've been one that says things are bigger than football for Darren Waller. Life is bigger than football. And so I love the fact that he's always dedicated to himself as far as knowing what he has to do to stay right. And, and, and he's inspired a lot of people along the way, including Max Crosby, to get sober and and, and you know, kind of live that lifestyle, which I do. Like I said, fully respect. He's headed to New York now. Uh, it obviously just didn't work out with the silver and black. He gets an opportunity uh, to kind of get a fresh start and be the guy that he was a couple seasons ago. The reality of Darren Waller is, especially in the NFL, as we all know it's a business, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's only played in 20 games the last two seasons. He's been banged up quite a bit going all the way back to what, 2021, when he got injured in that Cowboy game on Thanksgiving in Dallas. I mean, he's been banged up, beat up quite a bit, and that's unfortunate. And again, of course, being on the wrong side of 30, it makes the guy a lot more expendable. Uh, The crazy thing about Darren Waller is that I was talking with Lincoln Kennedy on the Raiders roundtable, and we were talking about the weapons. And look, this is way before we ever knew Darren Waller was on his way out of Las Vegas. And so I was talking to him about Jimmy G being the trigger man. I know he likes to throw the ball to the tight ends. They just brought Jacoby Myers in as well. Devontae Adams is obviously there. Hunter Renfro is still there. So I was really asking asking uh, Lincoln about really the weapons and how they all mix in. And it's funny because he just volunteered this answer about Darren Waller as far as blocking goes and how they need to improve blocking, not only from the tight end position, but also wide receivers. I thought this was very insightful for one Lincoln Kennedy on the Raiders roundtable. We're going to talk about the ability to run the football. We've got to address the position of perimeter blocking. Mm -hmm. So 
the tight end position on on the perimeter side is has got to be objective. Look, I, I like Darren Waller. I like the receiving core. There's no doubt about it. But they've got to be able to block the perimeter. And right now, the Raiders need to address that when they come to the perimeter blocking, when it comes to receiver blocking, because you got to have receivers that can block on the end to be able to open up the outside, the outside runs, the objective run, those runs on, on the curb. So this is something that they need to address. They didn't, they couldn't do it last year. Well, um, look, I like the receiving core. I think you can open up things, but I'm also thinking about what you can do on the outside. The slide runs. You got to be able to get outside. You got to be able to block those perimeters. They need to address that as well. So there you go. And the thing about it is the draft is very deep when it comes to the, the tight ends. It's probably, as Daniel Jeremiah said, the deepest tight end class that he's seen in a very, very long time. I'm looking at Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Uh, he's also a Las Vegas native. Big dude. Monster dude. When we saw him at the combine and I was actually standing somewhere near him, I just looked up like, wow. I mean, he he makes Darren Waller look small, right? I mean, he is a big dude. He's great at blocking. Is he quite as athletic as Darren Waller? No, I wouldn't say that. But he catches the ball. He gets going downhill. People are going to make business decisions on if they want to try to stop him or not. And he is pretty nimble. I mean, the thing about it, I mean, he leaps over guys at times. I mean, he's he's a hell of a little player. And uh, because he had a great combine performance, he's probably going to go higher in the draft than he was expected to go at first. So I don't know if the Raiders are going to have an opportunity to grab him or not. But, man, if they could, I think that would be a great addition. I do believe that they'll continue to address the tight end position. Uh, we all know Foster Morrow is a free agent right now, so the Raiders have not re-signed him. So maybe they will, maybe they won't. But but Darren Waller was the big news for the silver and black on Tuesday as he is headed to the Giants and they receive the uh, third round pick number 100 overall uh, in the upcoming NFL draft, which gives them 12 total draft picks and five in the first 110 picks. They pick at seven, 38, 70, 100 and 109. And I'm looking at this upcoming draft thinking the Raiders need to come out of there with four or five starters and you don't need 12 draft picks. I think that this gives Dave Ziegler a great opportunity to sit there as the draft is starting to unfold and make moves, right? And just, you know, be picky and, and say, okay, you know what? Let's move back. Let's, uh, the guy that we're targeting is not going to go right now, so let's go ahead and trade back. We'll get him a few picks later. We'll, we'll collect a couple more picks. All right, let's package a couple of these picks. Let's move back up. I think they'll be able to target specific guys in the draft that they feel really good about. And that, to me, is exciting. I know everyone gets excited about free agency, but I've learned not to get fired up about free agency and the fact that you can't build your team through free agency. It worked for Jacksonville last year where they spent a ton of money on free agents, and it you know worked. They made it to the playoffs, and you know they had some nice moves. But more often than not, when you spin and you win the offseason, you rarely win when it matters, which is in the regular season. How many years did the Raiders win the offseason as far as free agency goes, bring in all the, the big names? and spend all the big money only for it to fizzle out and not work at all in the regular season. And I'm not saying that that's not going to be the case here. Free agency is a crapshoot and the draft is as well. But the Raiders, I've said it so many times, have to start establishing uh, consistency in the draft where they're able to get young talent on rookie deals and stockpile that talent, stockpile that talent, and stockpile it some more. So if you have 12 draft picks right now on March 15th, by the time that the draft actually comes around, who knows? They might have 14 or 15 picks, but I do expect them to come out of the draft with seven or eight players, and they should get about f at least four starters, right? They should be able to target and get four guys that they feel very comfortable with that could be starters. And I'm really looking at the defensive side of things. Of course, uh, they have to address the quarterback position at some point. Who knows when they're going to do that? But, man, if they can get at least three studs defensively and get a quarterback that they feel good about in the future – 
that's a good draft. And then you get other guys that can fill in depth and be, you know, guys that, that are just, uh, you know, that, like fill in holes, right, that aren't required to be superstars but are just required to be good players, good football players. That's how good teams are built. I mean, if you look at teams, how many superstars do a lot of teams have? Not a lot. Go back and look at the Eagles. I mean, I know the Eagles and their defense, which a lot of uh, teams are plucking their defensive players right now, they ended up becoming stars because of the season that they had a year ago, but they weren't all necessarily stars at one point, right? A lot of these guys were guys that just knew their role, went in there and played it, and ended up playing it at a high level. And they're being rewarded for it now as plenty of teams were giving big cash to those guys on the defensive side of things. So that was the big news right there. Darren Waller heads to the Giants, third round pick return to the Silver and Black. Coming up with segment number two, how about the rest of the moves? Because they weren't done. That was a very busy day for the day two of the legal tampering period. And, of course, the new league year only gets started today. So we'll tell you about the rest of the moves, what it means to the team, and what I expect the team to do moving forward that's coming up after I tell you about FanDuel. And you could tell by looking at the NBA calendar that, well, the playoffs are almost here. So there's a lot of moving and shaking as far as teams jockeying for position for the playoffs. So it's the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored, even threes that are hit in the game. FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn about more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Talked about the big news that happened on Tuesday. That was the trade of Darren Waller to the Giants and also uh, the agreement on the deal with Jacoby Myers, who I believe was the number one wide receiver in the free agent class for this year, which was not a very strong class. Let me put it like that. But Jacoby Myers did have some really good production for a couple seasons, as a matter of fact, with the Patriots. But last year, over 800 yards receiving, six touchdowns, over 60-something catches, played in 14 games. So that's really good production, no matter what they end up doing, whatever role he plays with the silver and black I think is going to be positive for the Raiders moving forward but again that wasn't all that they did they actually came to terms with a lot of different players and none of them are big sexy names none of them are guys that people are going to get super fired up about Uh, they're just guys that are filling voids and filling holes right now and allowing the Raiders to also get into the draft and feel like that they can bring in some more talent so we'll go over it real quick they agreed to terms with wide receiver Philip Dorsett my guy Aaron Wilson uh, who covers the Texans out there in uh, in Houston for Channel 2 News. Uh, he broke this about Texans veteran free agent wide receiver Philip Dorsett has reached an agreement with the Raiders. A former Colts first round pick has also played for the Seahawks, Jaguars, Patriots. Dorsett has 4-3-3 speed, 151 career catches, 2,001 yards, and 12 touchdowns. So uh, good numbers, but he's had a long career, so not really great numbers for him, right? I mean, he's just a guy that, as Aaron pointed out, 4-3-3 speed. Something that we talked about quite a bit on the show, that the Raiders need to add speed. Do I think that they're done adding speed at the wide receiver position? No, but I do think that they secured a guy to make sure that they had a guy. And if they're able to get one in the draft, like maybe they're able to get a, a, a Hyatt out of Tennessee, then great, you know, or someone similar to that. I'm, I just say Hyatt because I know he's got that top end speed and what he was able to do with Hendon Hooker at Tennessee was some pretty good things. So if he's able to stretch the field, I feel like that that's one element of the offense that the Raiders are really missing. So Philip Dorsett and the Raiders came to an agreement on Tuesday. So he's added to the mix. And again, he has the 4-3-3 speed, been in the league for 
for quite a while. Uh, again, 2001 total yards, 12 touchdowns. Uh, he's able to stretch the field, right? And uh, I think the last touchdown that he caught was actually at Allegiant Stadium in 2022 uh, as a member of the Houston Texans. So there's that. They also agreed to terms with linebacker Robert Spillane. He comes over from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'll have to admit to you, when I saw the name Robert Spillane and I saw that uh, announced on Twitter, I thought, who in the hell is Robert Spillane? I never heard of him. You know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try to blow smoke up your backside and try to act like I knew something that I didn't know. I didn't know. So uh, the tweet that came out said the Raiders have agreed to terms with ex-Steelers linebacker Robert Spillane. It's a two-year deal worth a max of $9 million with over $4 million guaranteed. Uh, new Raiders inside linebacker Robert Spillane played a career-high 588 snaps last year for the Steelers. It recorded a career-high 79 tackles and one sack. That comes from Vinny Bonsignor. So I had to do a little bit more digging because, again, I didn't really know a whole lot about Robert Spillane. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, is a glorified backup that may be able to play a little bit bigger role. And I always get nervous with those kind of guys. It's kind of like the Nick Kwiatkowski move when the Raiders went and signed him from the Bears. He was a guy that was good at the role that he had. And then the Raiders tried to give him an expanded role, and it didn't really work out for him. But, you know, the, the intention was great. Right? The thought was great. It just didn't really work out. So guys like Spillane kind of make me a little nervous when you think that a team brings them in to have a bigger role. Sometimes guys are built to, to fill that bigger void, and a lot of times they're not. They're just really good at, at what they do. You know, Again, a career backup is what he's been. But So I reached out to my guy Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, and I was like, hey, man, tell me a little bit about him. And he said, look, he's a guy that could tackle really well. He's good against the run. He's terrible in coverage. So don't put him in coverage. I mean, it's just being blunt about it, and I'm okay with that. Like, I want to, to know the honest truth about a guy. Uh, he is a guy that he said, uh, you know, was a, a fallback linebacker, you know, backup plan in Pittsburgh as they were losing Pittsburgh, as they were losing linebackers in free agency. So they were going to use him more if he hadn't got plucked by the Raiders. But clearly they didn't protect him. So, you know, they're not really uh, heartbroken over the fact that he's gone. So uh, nothing to get excited about, but just an added addition. And it's funny because I saw the when I saw the tweet, I quote tweeted and said, all right, defensive help is on the way. And. I'll tell you, man, <laughs> Twitter is a cold, cold place, I guess. I mean, you got to be so careful, I guess, with everything you say. I said defensive help because he's a guy who plays defense. He's a guy who's going to be expected to play a role on the Raiders' defense. You don't give a guy a maximum deal worth $9 million with over $4 million guaranteed if you don't think he's going to play or he's just a glorified special teamer. You don't do that. So he's a guy that the Raiders plan on putting in, plugging in on the defensive side of the ball. So I said defensive help, and because he's not a big name, everyone lost their mind. That ain't defensive help, Q. What are you talking about? And man, oh man, that started up a fire. And it's just, it's so crazy how the slightest things gets everyone so fired up and on edge right now. And, and the thing I keep trying to caution everyone is, it's March 15th. The new league year is just barely starting like, let this thing start to play out before you start to judge it. You know, there's going to be moves that you like. There's going to be moves that you hate. I realize right now that there's a lot of moves that a lot of Raider Nation hates because there's a lot of former Patriots that are being signed to the team. And, of course, no one likes that. And, and I don't care where you come from. Honestly, I don't care where any of these players come from. If they could play and help this team win something they haven't done enough of, in the past 20, 25 years, I'm fine with it. I don't care if you played on the southern tip of Africa. If you can help them win games immediately, I'm good. I'm not saying Robert Spillane is going to help this team to go from 6-11 and 11 to 13-4. and, and four. I'm not saying that. But clearly, they're bringing in the guys they feel like can help them do whatever they need to do. And right now, it's just free agency. They haven't even gotten near the draft yet. So my thing is, whoever they bring in and their master plan, if their master plan doesn't work, Guess what? It's on them. 
then they have to be held accountable. They can't use the excuse, well, these aren't our guys. These are the guys that we inherited. These are the guys that we picked up. We were only here at a short time, and then we had to dip into the draft, and we had to dip into free agency, and we didn't have a, a chance to you know, get our own people in. They're doing that. They're getting everyone they want in, in, and they're shipping everyone out that they don't want out. So, okay, fine. If that's what they're going to do, I can't control that. You can't control that. They're going to do what they do. If it works, great. If they go and all of a sudden start winning a bunch of games and this team gets turned around, fantastic. Even if I have to go back and eat the words I said about Jimmy G, about him always being injured and not being able to play a full season, fine. I'm okay with that if they win games. Again, I don't care where the guy comes from. I don't really care who the guy is. If they fit into what they're trying to do, then great. great. That's all I want to see. I just want to see wins. I don't care what it looks like, what it sounds like, nothing. I just want wins, which I know Raider Nation, that's all you want as well. So, Robert Spillane added to the mix. Also, the Raiders agreed to terms with a guy that, well, was one of their own, so they can actually uh, sign him immediately, and that was Jakob Johnson, the fullback. Adam Schefter put out Raiders to sign him back. Fullback Jakob Johnson to a one-year deal. Uh, that was a deal done by Drew Rosenhaus, and that doesn't matter uh, who, who's the agent or anything, but it's a one-year deal for Yak, and that makes a lot of sense because, well, he helped Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing, right? I mean, Josh Jacobs has always had a really good fullback. If it was Alec Ingold, great. If it was Jakob Jacob Johnson, great, but they've been really good fullbacks. And, and Jakob, he's not the same guy that Alec Ingold is. He's not a guy that's going to catch a bunch of passes and make a bunch of plays, but you know what he is going to do. He's going to be that guy. He's going to be that blocking fullback that's going to open up holes for Josh Jacobs. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about Josh Jacobs and uh, different things that he tweeted out. And, you know, he's upset with the process of how it's going as far as him getting his deal done. And, you know, he's put some things out. And a lot of people said that, oh, he's upset because Darren Waller got traded. And then he immediately tweeted back and was like, hey, I love D wall, but it's not about that's My tweet wasn't about D wall. Uh, it's deeper than that for real, for real. And then there was a, a 33rd team, Chris Johnson, Chris CJ two K. Uh, he had talked about why Josh Jacobs can't get paid. It doesn't make any sense. And then Josh Jacobs had gone underneath that tweet and said, yeah, it's deeper than that, but I'm not going to violate. So clearly what he's talking about is the process that he's going through trying to get a deal with the Raiders. He's the guy that currently holds the franchise tag. So there's that, but when it's all said and done, I do believe Josh Jacobs will be in the mix for 2023. I think that they need to have Josh Jacobs in the mix. He's a guy that's earned it, went out there and led the league, played in every single game. And what Josh McDaniels, the company, is looking for is what Josh Jacobs was able to bring to the mix in 2022 for the Silver and Black. So, again, I believe that he definitely earned everything that he's going to be receiving. And he's going to receive uh, some good coin. If it's the franchise tag, just over $10 million, or if it's a long-term deal front-loaded, uh, I think that that's going to work out as well for Josh Jacobs. But again, it always is. It's, it's crazy. You know, a deal for Josh Jacobs takes time, but when you have the legal tampering period, it takes like 45 minutes to all of a sudden agree to terms, right? It's just, it's crazy how you can go outside of the building and get a guy quick, fast, and in a hurry. You start to see these deals materialize super fast, but then, you know, you have months or however long to talk to a guy and try to come up with a deal and you can't get it done. But again, I do believe something will come about when it comes to Josh Jacobs. So quick recap, and then we'll get into segment number three, your calls and texts throughout that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. So far, and a lot of these deals will become official today as uh, ink will be put to paper. Uh, guys will be in town. I know Jimmy G will be in town, I believe, on Thursday. So you'll hear from him pretty soon. Uh, and all these other free agents that are signing will be in town as well, signing their deals and, uh, the, you know, get to get to talk with the media and stuff like that. So, so far, free agency, the Raiders have tagged Josh Jacobs. He hasn't signed his franchise tag yet. They've re-signed Amir Abdullah, Natani Muti. Brandon Parker, Jesper Horstead, Jakob Johnson, and Roderick Teamer. Those are all guys that they re-signed that were 
former Raiders, guys that were under unrestricted free agents. They've also signed from outside of the building or agreed to terms outside of the building with Jimmy Garoppolo, Marcus Epps, Brandon Faison, Jacoby Myers, Robert Spillane, and Philip Dorsett. They've also traded Darren Waller to the Giants and received a third-round pick, number 100 overall, giving them 12 total picks in April's upcoming draft. So there you go. That's a total recap of two days of the legal tampering period when it comes to the Raiders. And again, going back to a year ago, it was crickets. They had done nothing through two days, and the first really splash that they made was Chandler Jones, and that was once the new league year had opened up. So uh, it's a complete... 180 from what they did a year ago. I know everyone's not excited about the moves they made. Nobody was excited about the fact that they didn't make year moves uh, a year ago. So now they're making moves and people still aren't, aren't happy about it. But uh, the one thing that I've learned and the one thing I've tried to stress to everyone, if you like it or not, is that they're not trying to break the bank on anyone. They really aren't, right? Uh, even a guy like Byron Murphy, cornerback that I was hoping that the Raiders were going to go out and make moves for, he ends up going to the Minnesota Vikings on a 22-year, $22 million deal, excuse me, for a couple years. So they just weren't spending the money. James Bradbury is a guy that a lot of people talked about. I talked about him a lot last year. He gets a $38 million deal to stay in Philadelphia. So they weren't going to spend that either. They're not breaking the bank for anyone. They're going to try to build this team through the draft and fill a few holes here and there in free agency, but just don't expect to see any big time moves that they're going to be made where it's like, wow, that name is super great, right? Super sexy name. They're not going to do that. That's just not the way that they're built. That's just not in their DNA. So that's what I got for you for segment number two. Just continuing to recap everything that's gone on through two days of the, uh, of the legal tampering period. And of course, today is when the new league year gets started. 4 p.m. Eastern time and 1 p.m. Pacific time is when you can start putting pen to paper and everything be official. Your calls and texts coming up in segment number three after I tell you about the ultimate football GM. And hell, I just spent two segments talking about the ultimate football GM, right? Except for I wasn't talking about the game. I was talking about what Dave Ziegler is actually working on right now in the Silver and Blacks front office. But Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM, and you can play this mobile game app, and it's a lot of fun, and it puts you in the hot seat just like Dave Ziegler. You make all the decisions from coaching to free agents to draft picks. Everything that we've been talking about is what you're going to do on this game. It lets you control and manage every strategic aspect of your team and then play through the season, and you can try to lead them to glory, right? Lead them to uh, hoisting that Lombardi trophy. So you're responsible for everything. All this is a challenging and realistic game. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and it's playable offline. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. All listeners of the Locked On Raider podcast get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps. It's in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. Make sure you check it out today. You want to download the game, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Went a little long in the first two segments, so won't have a lot of calls and texts here, but I'll try to get to a couple real quick. So let's start out with Emilio on Rancho Cordova. He's calling to talk about the moves the Raiders have made through two days of the legal tampering period, and... He's got a lot of questions. Here he is, Emilio on Rancho Cordova. Hey, what's up, Q? This is Emilio from Rancho Cordova, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, they got Jacoby Myers this morning, traded Waller, got another wide receiver, 
And then I like bringing back the face on and then that linebacker on the Steelers. But I mean, I'm just so confused about what the Raiders are doing. I mean, I just don't want them to trade Hunter Renfro because they got that uh, door, uh, door set or something like that, that speedster guy. They used to play for the Patriots, so I don't know. I'm just, he might be able to help me out. Maybe you have a, you kind of see what the Raiders are doing. I kind of see what the Raiders are doing. I guess they're trying to build a really uh, high power offense, but I guess they're going to address the defense in the draft since they got like 12 picks now. I don't know. I just, this ain't usually what the Raiders do, but. We got a new GM, we got a new head coach, so obviously they're figuring out something, I don't know. But from looking at it right now, I don't look good, but hey, I'm just hoping for the best. So, uh, might be able to help me out here too. So, um, yeah, go Raiders on. And continue doing your thing. Uh, I love listening to your podcast. You, uh, bring positivity and bring some, like, light while other channels that talk about the Raiders kind of like are negative and kind of like woe is me and like oh we're not going to do good and stuff like that so yeah shout out appreciate that to you all right man thank you for the call my man and look they're trying to address some needs and fill a few holes right they're trying to prepare for the draft as well uh, I know for a fact that Raiders GM Dave Ziegler and company want to do everything build the team the right way in their opinion and their their words and try to really get it done through the draft they're not trying to really build the team through free agency again I don't know if that's going to be successful. I just know that that's what their their plan is. That's what they've expressed to us when Dave Ziegler was on the the podcast a, a few weeks ago when I was at the combine. He basically said that you know, of course, they want to use free agency, but they really want to try to get into a habit of building the team through the draft. So we'll see. But again, uh, I know it's not really a, a good answer to what you had to say in your questions, but it's it's really all I got at this point. So thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you checking in. Uh, next up, got a text from West Slope Raider said Q. West Slope Raider, seems obvious that this staff is looking to build a homegrown team through the draft this year. But Waller for a third-round pick, I feel like the short end of the stick for a known top asset at the position, even with a deep tight end draft and Waller's ability this last year, or availability this last year. You know who loves a top tight end? Jimmy G. And McDaniels did okay with a certain Gronk in the past. Maybe my Waller fandom is clouding my judgment, but this feels like a woeful decision. That's West Slope Raider. Thanks so much for the text, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, Jimmy G does love to throw to the tight end. That's what I was uh, pretty pumped up about. It's like, okay, he's He's going to get the ball to Waller early and often. And then, of course, you combine that with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. You know, the story goes on and on. But uh, unfortunately, Waller wasn't available uh, that much last year. I don't think that the staff was very happy with them. Um, they were offered a second-round pick a season ago. At least that's what the reports are. They didn't take it, so they ended up with a third-round pick this year. So maybe they should have moved on from them last year when they were offered a second-round pick. You know, but... They got a third-round pick. The tight end class is deep, so they probably said, you know what, that's the best that we can get. We'll get rather get that than get nothing. So that's what they basically did. So it, it might not be, you know, the, the best, uh, you know, trade capital that they're getting in return, but it was the best that they were able to do. So, again, I, I look at it and say it's better to get something than nothing. Thanks for that text. I do appreciate you. Dave B. in the 757, he's up next. He's calling to respond to Chef Raider in the 860 about the fan base being divided like it is at this point. It's really good stuff here from Dave B. in the 757. Hey, Q. Dave B. in the 757, sir. 
been sitting here on the sidelines and enjoying everything you've brought us during the uh, off season you know, leading up to the draft. Uh, great, great coverage during the combine. That's a game changer. Great addition to the program. Uh, I was calling in to speak to a call that you had from Chef Raider in the 860 and not so much to jump on the anti-Jimmy G wagon, but to talk about the divide within Raider Nation that you, you touched on uh, after the call. So, you know, we as a fan base have a high expectation of of the team to maintain discipline and not, not kill itself, right? I don't know how many calls we have to listen to after a game where we've made the mistakes on the field, we've had a stupid penalty or you know, untimely, unsportsmanlike conduct or what have you, something that, you know, negatively impacts the game. And, and we, you know, as as a nation, we, you know, we get mad about that. But I think what we need to do is, as a fan base, kind of look in the mirror and hold ourselves to that same standard and, and be able to show some discipline. So that, you know, whether it be, you know, a negative Twitter comment or what other social media platform you're using, you know, we have a choice, you know, to not engage in those situations. Maintain some discipline. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're tearing ourselves apart here, it, it appears, in most instances. And I just don't think that it's really necessary if we, if we maintain that discipline, the same, you know, expectation that we have for the team on the field. So, in short, you know, the, what I've found is that the, the best way, to, in, in often situations, uh, the best way to shut someone up is to just shut up ourselves, right? We can choose not to engage. So with that, you know, I'll, I'll leave you with that, your thoughts, but uh, keep up the great work, and let's go Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, and yeah, man, that's that's probably the, the best idea, but we don't do it, and I know I'm guilty of it myself, is just not engaging, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and it's funny because I try to engage because I try to explain myself, and I try to respond to people that hit us or hit me with positive uh, comments and I try to respond to everyone that hits me with negative comments as well because I don't want it to seem like oh well he just responds to the positive stuff ultimately I probably shouldn't just respond to anything and it wouldn't be a big deal but you know because I do respond to the positive ones I want to make sure I respond to the negative ones as well and I try to I try to explain myself the best way I can I know it's not easy through text and tweet and all that other good stuff uh, I try not to well actually I know I'm not I'm never disrespectful to anyone even though some of the stuff that I get back and head in my direction is 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 pretty wild and out there at times but it just kind of is what it is man and so uh, the, the thing that will will fix everything is winning right winning is the ultimate deodorant right the team starts winning everyone's happy everything is better when you're winning right people call and they're happy people text and they're happy people tweet and they're happy when they're winning when they're not, misery loves company, and people are going to be miserable, and they're going to go look for company. And so that's that's just bottom line what it is. So uh, we're looking at you, Raiders. <laughs> Start winning some games and make everyone's life a lot easier. You know, the fan base has been the loyal fan base for years on top of years. I say this all the time. I know people don't want to hear it, but I say it all the time, right? Coaches come and go. Players come and go. The one thing that stays the same is the fan base. The fan base, no matter how many people call me and say, I'm done with the Raiders, I'm taking this year off, I'm not listening, I'm not watching, the hell with you, the hell with the team, whatever. It's all BS. At the end of the day, we're all Raider Nation. We all are going to be tuned in every single game. We're on the edge of our seat to see what they do. We all want them to win like there's no tomorrow, right? Some of us react to it a little bit differently than others, but we all have the same common goal. 
right? I mean, it's just it's just what it is. No matter who's playing out there on that field, no matter who's rocking that jersey, like I said, players come and go, coaches come and go, GMs come and go, the fan base is what stays. The fan base has been around with this team for 20-plus, 30-plus, some 50, 60-plus years. Show me one Show me one player on that team that's been around that long. Show me one GM, one coach, right? I mean, even Mark Davis hasn't been an owner that long. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's the one thing. Most of us have outlived and outcheered any of them that are currently part of the Raiders organization. That's, that's the funny thing about it. So, we all have the same goal at the end of the day. It just sucks that we have to be at each other's throat all the time about it. But thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Got time for a couple more quick ones. How about a text from Slickback Raiders? Said, what's up, Q? Seems like this front office is not even bothering to do homework on players that have not played on the Patriots. The only black that will be at Allegiant Stadium are empty black seats because this front office is starting to lose the fan base. Nobody wants to pay an arm and a leg just to see this team lose that Slickback Raider. And I've been saying for a while that this team needs to find a way to win fast, man, because here in Las Vegas, if you're not winning, they will find something else to do. Right. I mean, I don't care if you're a season ticket holder or not. If you're a season ticket holder and you choose not to go to the games, you just put your tickets up and and someone will buy them. It'll probably be someone from the opposing team. They have to find a way to win games. It is detrimental that they do because you're absolutely right. I don't know if there's going to be black seats because I do believe that the opposing teams will buy the tickets. I don't think there'll ever be a problem with attendance in Allegiant Stadium, but you don't want to see the attendance be 75-25 like we saw the last couple of weeks of the season. As a matter of fact, it was actually more than 75-25, right, with the Chiefs and the Niners coming in respectfully. They, they, they dominated Allegiant Stadium. Until the Raiders start winning, it's going to be a problem, right? So that's, that's another massive responsibility that they have is turning that thing around quick, fast, and hurry. There's just too much to do here in Las Vegas. Even the Golden Knights, as much as everyone loves the Golden Knights here in town, when they started lo- losing, guess what? Fans stopped going. That's just how the city is. It's not, it's not Oakland. It's not L.A. Las Vegas is a totally different animal. It's a different beast. So thank you so much for that text. And we'll take one more call and then wrap it up. Joe in Tennessee, he's calling to talk about the trade of Darren Waller. And let's just say he's not too happy about it. Here he is, Joe in Tennessee. Hey, Q, it's Joe from Tennessee here. So I'm sure you probably have a voice mailbox that's full of some of the same stuff I'm about to say after seeing this thing about trading Waller. And I just got to tell you, man, I'm completely disgusted with this regime already. You know, I don't know what we're thinking, giving up a top five tight end, maybe even better than that, top three. I know last year it was top three before he got injured. Anyway, for a third-round pick, and then I see people saying, well, he was hurt a lot. Well, wasn't Garoppolo hurt a lot? And he is definitely not a top five QB, but we decided to roll the dice with that guy. You know, I don't know what we're thinking. I don't know what the regime is thinking. And I listen to your podcast every day, try to stay positive with, hey, follow the process. But, uh, you know, this one is really, really, really making me doubt this regime. I started wondering when they benched Carr, and then we decide we're going to do these stupid moves and, and get a, at best, you know, same level quarterback, uh, at least Carr, you know, was healthy. And now we trade away one of our best, uh, best receivers in, in Waller. And then I see that we're trying to make a deal to pick up a tight end from new, from Green Bay. I mean, it's ridiculous, man. 
I'm just tired of it already. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm a Raider fan for life. I'm never going to not be a Raider fan, but I certainly am not looking forward to what these idiots are going to end up doing with this team. Anyway, Q, uh, I know, like I said, I'm probably not the only one over here venting on your on your uh, on your re- uh, voicemail. So, have a good one, man. Love y'all, Raider Nation. You know, I'd love to say just win, baby, but it don't look like we're gonna do a whole lot of that this year. The way this regime is working. All right, take it easy, Q. Joe from Tennessee out. Joe, thanks for the call. I appreciate you. And the thing is, Waller was the guy who was expected to be traded before the trade deadline. Right, it never materialized, but that was the reports that everyone expected him to be traded before the trade deadline, and it never happened. Uh, you know, he's been injured a lot. Um, I think he's in a good spot with the Giants. You know, they're going to obviously feature him early and often. They don't have too many weapons, so I think he's going to be a big-time player. Uh, I talked with Patricia Trainer from Locked On Giants. She had me on her show for today uh, talking about what Darren Waller brings to the table, and everyone in New York is pumped and is ecstatic about Darren Waller headed to New York. So I, I think it's a great spot for him to land. I think Brian Dayball will do some really good things, and, you know, the Raiders moved on from him, so... I know, just like I've said about everything else, they can't just have a plan. They've got to have the plan, and they've got to get this thing turned around. Only time will tell. We don't know in March if this thing is going to be turned around, if this is going to be good ideas that they're coming up with, or these players are good additions. We don't know. It's March. We will not know until September when they actually start playing the games. Hell, I'll have an idea in training camp what I think I see, but even in training camp in the preseason, you don't know until you actually see them in real-life games. So we're not going to know what this product is going to look like until September. All we're doing is seeing them build the blocks, put the blocks together, start to build the team up in their mind right now. So uh, there, there may be some more tough days before their better days, you know, and I, and I mean between now and the season starting. But like I said, I'm not going to rush to judgment and get all crazy until I start to see what goes on. Now, if they go out there and they roll out another 6-11 and 11 season, then, man, there's got to be some come-to-Jesus meetings, right? And I, I don't mean with me. I'm talking about with the ownership and, and, and the GM and the head coach, right? I don't think 6-11 and 11 is going to be, um, you know, I don't think that's going to be acceptable this upcoming year. And it shouldn't be acceptable this upcoming year. It should be commitment to excellence. It should be just win, baby. I know that the, 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 the you know, the, the brightness or the greatness of the Raiders is in their future. But, man, the future should be here. <laughs> it's been a long time that we've been saying that. So I think that there's a lot of pressure on these guys. They're not going to say it. They sounded calm, cool, and collective at the combine. They didn't sound like that they were worried about their jobs. But I think there's a lot of pressure on them to, to show massive improvement from what you saw a year ago as they went 6-11. and 11. So that's all I got time for on today's show. Went a little bit long. Sorry, Ari. I apologize for that. Uh, but I know that there was a, a lot of good folks that uh, spent a lot of good text messages and calls that I wanted to get in as many as possible and still didn't get in as many as I'd like to. So we'll do some more tomorrow. Uh, who knows what the first day of the new league year actually brings, except for everything becomes official like a referee's whistle. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Uh, take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.